This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. We are back and we are live. It is Fight IQ presented by Rotowire. On deck for this week, UFC London, our main event, Darren Till, taking on Masvidal. I am your host of Fight IQ, the Daily Fantasy Sniper, here as always with the co-hosts and analysts, Chris Olsen and Joe, otherwise known as Sun Tzu. Guys, a really, um, I'm going to call it a volatile card this week which I think is good for GPPs. Chris, are you excited to attack some tournaments this week? Yeah, um, my kind of card. Uh, a lot of dogs to take a look at, I think. A um, lot, lot of dogs that I think um, Shine will be off of because of some um, previous performances. Uh, we'll get to that. But, uh, yeah, I think I think some some kind of tricky matchups that I'm eager to sink my teeth into. So let's get, uh, let's get going. Joe, how about how about for you as a as the guy who usually plays the most lineups of of all of us? I, I have to imagine you're pretty pumped for this card. Yeah, and and you know, on a side note, I just got a weather flash saying that lightning struck four miles from my house. Um, yeah, I am. Uh, I have got 130 lineups that I'm playing this week. Um, uh, I, this is a this is a very 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 GPP card. Wow, you hear that in the background? This is a very GPP. <laughs> this is a very GPP card um, that we have here, and I like it. I see a lot of variants. I see a lot of potential outcomes for fights. So, yeah, it should be fun for GPPs. Right. A couple quick housekeeping announcements. The first thing is that there are a lot of MMA pods out there and and DraftKings pods. I mean, it's a small community, but it's definitely growing. I think this one is the most fun out there. We give good analysis. I'm going to cut back on my analysis just a little bit, let these guys kind of do the heavy lifting, and I'll interject with, you know, some humor, some some bashing of both Chris and Joe. I know Chris likes to think I only pick on him, but in our defense, he has the most outlandish takes. Just spread it out a little bit. That's all I right. will. I, I do. Yeah. I, I, I get on Joe, Joe Piney when he deserves it. It's not my fault if you deserve it a little more. <laughs> I but, hear that so often. You know, <laughs> But the, the point is we want to give good um content, but also be fun and not make these things an hour and a half long. Um, have some fun with you guys. We, if you are listening on iTunes, first of all, if you're watching on YouTube, you should be subscribed on iTunes, Rotowire MMA. If you are subscribed on iTunes, we record these Friday nights on YouTube for Rotowire. Make sure and jump in chat. Always fun in there. For those of you in chat, welcome back. I've already seen some of the usual crew. Hit us up with any questions, comments. We'll get to those as we go along. A lot of fun here at Fight IQ. And make sure you go to rotowire.com slash free 10-day trial. No credit card required for all their premium content from daily fantasy to season long. All sports you can think of. Rotowire's got you covered. Let's dig into some fights. And some line movement that uh, right before uh, we started recording, I looked at the lines one more time. And just in the last day, this line is – I don't know what the hell's happening here. At least on – Five dimes. Now that I'm looking at it, it's got to be a five dimes misprice. 
It has to be. Why? What do you say? Okay, so we have Nad Naramani, 8,900, taking on Mike Grundy at 7,300. Yeah, at Grundy's plus 120. At most books, it's closed up. You have massive odds value here. And Naramani's about minus 140. Grundy between plus 110 and plus 120. Right now, best fight odds for five dimes has Nad Naramani minus 355 and Mike Grundy plus 320. It's an error. I'm on, I'm on five dimes right now. It's plus 120. Okay, well, there you go. That was that was that was scaring me. Mike Grundy going to be one of the more popular underdogs on the card. Joe, is this chalk you're going to be eating to start us off? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm I'm actually I'm actually higher now on it after having you know Newsom on on my my creating Alpha Pod who kind of talked me into and and it's no secret this is a free play that he's giving out on on Mike Grundy. Um, you know, he got it at, I think, plus 225 or plus 200. So, you know, I, I don't know if it's a bet at this price, but, you know, thankfully the the DraftKings salaries don't change with the betting line. So I'm a little bit higher on him than I would have thought. I mean, I, I made a bit of a joke where, you know, so much is being made of his, uh, his third, his bronze medal finish in the Commonwealth Games. Yet what people don't know is that you know, you know who took first and second is wrestling powerhouses, India and Pakistan. Um, so, uh, you know, how do you, where is that equivalent to in, in the real world? Division three, um, U.S.? I don't know. So anyway, I'm, I'm higher on him now. He's bricked up. Um, he's got, uh, although Nat is, is training at Alpha Male. So I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll talk more about it when we get to the fight. We're on the fight. This is the We're fight break. Oh, okay, this is the first fight. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I guess, like, look, I'm I'm gonna give Nat a chance here. I obviously don't like normally bucking odds value, but I think he could be a sneaky low owned play because there is gonna be so much on. There's gonna be so much on, uh, you know, on Grundy. You know, everybody is is kind of talking him up. So I will have a few shares of of uh, Nat, and I will probably be under market on. Um, Grundy, but I will begrudgingly pick Grundy to get the win. Chris? So as much as it kills the uh, contrarian streak uh, that runs through my veins, I do like uh, Grundy here as well. I think I like his game. I think it's very nice and streamlined. He's basically a jab, a hard overhand, and he goes in for the takedowns. So he doesn't do a lot of things, but his game is very streamlined. He knows what he wants to do in the cage. And he's been successful at it. I mean, he's he's very good at, at getting takedowns. He can float on top. He can um, he can uh, uh, hold position. He's a good submission grappler. He's got a bunch of subs on the record, and he's got a good gas tank. And um, Naramani, I think his game is just a little too limited. I I just think that um, he can wrestle. We saw that in the Taha fight. Um, but as far as his striking goes, it's basically just sort of like. Uh, uh, tight hooks, and occasionally he'll throw a one-two. But um, I don't know. I, I think those hooks, I mean, they're, they are tight, as I said, but also I do think just hooks in general could make those takedowns a lot easier. Um, I also think that um, even just being pressured, he has a lot of problems. We saw that in the Taha fight. And um, I just don't think he's going to be able to out-scramble out um, Grundy if it does hit the mat. And I feel comfortable with Grundy being in his world for 15 minutes. And I think of the two of them, Nad Naramani is way more likely to get tired than Grundy is. So you put all that together. And, um, you know, like Joe said, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily fade Naramani all the way. But the thing about him is even though he's got some power, it looks like, he doesn't have a lot of KO finishes. And I think that's because he's, he's really he's not really that much of a combination striker. So that's kind of a worrying thing too. So all of that together, I um, I'm gonna go with uh, uh, Sean's playing around in in the chat here. I'm I'm gonna go with um, with the underdog pick here in Grundy. I'm glad I got you. That was good. All right, Molly McCann, eighty five hundred, taking on Priscilla. I almost got murdered because Mario Yamashaki wouldn't save me. Kakoshera at seventy seven hundred. By the way, that is Priscilla's new official nickname. Uh, McCann, the hometown girl. Here, it's a little scary to me how much I like her in this matchup for someone who's 0-1 in the UFC. Chris, are you with me with the meatball? Uh, I don't think so, actually. I mean, I'm, I'm not, like, all the way on Cachuera here, but here's my thing. I kind of referenced this in the open when I said um, 
uh, fighters that nobody's going to be on because of a really horrendous uh, first performance. This is what I was talking about. Obviously, we can't. It's not really fair to judge her as a fighter by one of the best uh, women's fighters in the UFC. Uh, that performance. But here's the thing about Ketchuera here is she basically just comes forward and throws bombs. Yeah, her other fights aren't pretty. She's not technical. Oh, of course not. No, no, no. I wouldn't suggest that. But I think that um, somebody like Molly McCann, who's a very technical boxer who likes to set up and pick her shots, I think she could struggle a little bit with um, with Ketchuera just trying to overwhelm her here. I think, I think she's... Um, I think she's liable to get pressured backwards here, and I think if she turns this into a brawl, which I think she will, I think she, I think it favors her. Obviously, I can see why McCann is the favorite because you would expect the boxer to just maybe pick the brawler apart, but I don't think that's really going to happen here. I mean, I'm not, I'm not in love with McCann's footwork. I mean, it's better than uh, Cachoeira's, of course, but I don't, th I don't think it's amazing by any stretch, and I just think it's a test that McCann has to pass. And I think that um, I'm, I just don't really see her passing it. So I think that Ketchuera is very live to a knockout here. And, in fact, I'm picking her. Oh. Okay, so while we know this meatball doesn't roll, um, the UFC uh, is giving uh, McCann a, a layup here at home. This fight is going to take place standing. Um, my pick is McCann. I don't expect to be too exposed to this fight on DK because you just don't know. But the pick is McCann. See, for me, Joe, I actually, I'm a little going to be overweight to McCann because I, I think Priscilla is really terrible, and I think that this is a fight no one's going to be on. So I, I think I'm going to get a little bit of leverage here. You don't, you don't think that, that? Sorry, you don't think people are going to be just totally, um, totally on Molly here just because of what happened to Priscilla the last time out? No, I think people are going to pick value. Molly. Yeah, there's too much value, and. People don't like to pay up for women's fights. That's true. That's true. So I think I'm going to try and get a get get some leverage there. You got a problem with that as a as a GPP guy, Joe? No, go for it. All right, all right. Simple answer. I like it. Fair enough. Yeah. Dan Ige, 8200, taking on Danny Henry at 8000. Ige is minus 135. Comeback on Henry plus 125. Henry has caught lightning in a bottle twice with two first round finishes in fights that he was the underdog in. Best wrestler he's faced in Dan Ige. I have Ige in this fight. Joe, how about for you? Yeah, I have Ige as well. I mean, we really don't know what you have in Dan Henry. I mean, he was literally getting the bejesus beat out of him. By, by the bad tamer. Yeah, by, by the bad tamer. And then the bad tamer gassed. Um, and then he had a 30-second finish of Dawadu, um, who I think the jury is out on. Uh, people are higher on him than I am. So we don't really know what we have here. We know he's tough. He's got a chin. My only concern about Ige is that, you know, I was very disturbed by his post-fight, um, you know, ring interview after a win where he said he, you know, he wasn't feeling well and it wasn't physical, um, you know, so that always bothers me. I mean, that's going to come up again when we talk about Breeze Heimish, but I, I did, I do think I heard that he got over there a little early, um, the UK, I mean, so I'm, I'm going Ige. I'll have a share or two of Henry just for you know, diversification purposes, but the pick is Ige. Chris? Yeah, I'm taking Ige too here. I kind of echo Joe's sentiments about um, that we don't know what we have with Henry. I mean, the, the counter he landed on uh, Duadu to spark the finish was pretty nice, but ultimately I think that um, Danny Ige is the much, is the much more put-together fighter. Um, Danny Henry still has to lunge into his strikes while he's leading. That could open him up for takedowns, and um, I just don't see – I just don't see Henry out scrambling. I mean, they're both submission grapplers. I don't see um, Danny Henry out scrambling Ige if this goes to the mat. I think Ige has a, has a very like nice nuts and bolts pressure boxing game that I think is going to serve him pretty well here. And I don't have too much more to say than that. I think generally um, this gets done with Ige's ground game, but I think he can use his hands to set up first, and um, I like Ige eventually. All right, Tom Breeze, 8,400, taking on Ian Heinish at 7,800. Uh, Tom Breeze, still the favorite, minus 110. Line is closed. Heinish, the dog, comeback is just plus 100. Uh, personally, if I can get Tom Breeze at plus money here, I might make a bet on this. I think Breeze, he's had some issues with, with injuries, hasn't really beat anybody, but I think he's a good, a well-put-together fighter. 
Heinish overperformed last time out against Caesar against Mutanchi. I think he's I think Tom Breeze has better defensive wrestling than Mutanchi, even though Mutanchi's a better submission artist. I think this fight, I think he can keep it standing up and and will be will be able to make Heinish pay with straight shots. I think Breeze is going a little under the radar here. Uh Chris, I'm I'm being contrarian picking a favorite. Are you actually with me? Do we agree? I am solidarity here, Sean. I'm 100. Oh, look at that, guys! Turn over a new leaf. I, I, I actually very much agree with you. The last thing you said, which I think Breeze is going to go under the radar here, because we hadn't seen him in a while. He comes back, and then even though I, I thought he, he was going to handle um, old old man, uh, what's his face, old man judo, pretty handily. Anyway, that fight ended pretty flukely with like the the, the knuckle in the eye or whatever that was. So I could see I could see people. Um, sort of being off breeze and not really knowing what they're going to get. But I like Tom Breeze a whole bunch. I think he's got a really um, hard stinging jab that I think he's going to be able to use very effectively here. I think he throws well in combination. And look, I, I just, I never thought um, Ian Heinish was really good. I was actually really confident in Mutanchi in that fight. Um, and everything we thought about the wrestling defense held true. But I mean, he just outlasted uh, Mutanchi. And sometimes it's just as simple as, if you can be there when um, the other guy can't be, you're going to win. I, I don't think that's going to be the case here. I don't expect Tom Breeze to try to wrestle. I don't think he's really going to have to. Um, I just think Heinish is going to be outgunned. Heinish might be, try to wrestle himself, but um, I think Breeze keeps enough distance and keeps his range well enough that that's not really going to be too much of an issue. So, yeah, I, I like Breeze a whole bunch here, and uh, I'm going strong with it. Sure. Yeah, so uh, the the only bet I've made so far is on Heinish. Um, let's look at Tom Breeze here, his his career. Um, you know, he has fought a murderous row of, of guys in the UFC. We've got um, Luis Dutra Jr., who honestly, I couldn't pick him out of a police lineup, minus 170. You've got uh, Cathal Pendred. Uh, he's minus 255 in that fight. You've got uh, Kita Nakamura. He's minus 1150 in that fight. Then you've got uh, an ugly split decision loss to Sean Strickland, where he's minus 115. Then, of course, you've got, you know, Judo Dan Kelly, where he's a minus 380 favorite. Then you've got three canceled fights. Um, and uh, now he's coming in against, uh, oh, and, and he oh he had a canceled fight against uh, Alawali Bambozi as well. Now he's coming in against Heinish. Um, not all of Reese's injuries have been physical. Um, you know, he, he does have some other non-physical type injuries, um, which are a concern. Uh, I like what I saw out of Heinish. I like, I like his cardio. I certainly think he could outlast um, Breeze here. I like his DK price. I like the line value. Um, I'm on Heinish. Wow, okay. Um, interesting. I, has Breeze, can I just, one thing, I know we want to move on, but has Breeze shown you, like, major cardio issues in the past? Because I don't really recall any. No, not cardio issues. Uh, physical issues and mental issues. Yeah. Okay. He has, he has been hurt a lot. He, he also has some of those anxiety attacks. Yeah. And I think Heinrich is a little overrated here. But, um, yeah, if this line gets gets the plus money, I, I think I'll take a shot on Breeze. Anyway, na, um, Nick Negaramanu, 9,000, taking on – Saprabeg Safarov in two names. I just nailed fight. That's what we're going to yeah, call really? it. Negaramanu minus oh, 155. God. Safarov is plus 145. This fight is going to be fun. Like it's fun to watch two guys fight in a parking lot. <laughs> but but it's going to be fun. They're just going to swing until one man falls. Safarov is fight old, 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 old. Uh, Negramanu has fought a bunch of nobodies in the regional scene. He, to me, looks like he's okay, I, like an okay prospect, but we don't really know because he's fought nobody. GPP fight for me, I think Negramanu is going to be less owned as the favorite with all the value on this card. I still think Negramanu will be less owned, so I'll have some more shares of him, but I'm playing both sides of this fight. Uh, Joe? Yeah, so there's no way in hell that Sakharov is 32 years old, right? Let's get that off the table, Okay. I don't care if you have two Russian translators. I'm not going to believe this guy's birth certificate. The only way that this guy's age should be measured is with carbon dating. Um, uh, so Cut his leg off and count yeah, the rings. Well, he's already missing part of his leg. Um, you know, apparently in his last fight, I mean, you know, they almost stopped it. Um, he can only, like, move in one direction. Um, 
for that reason, you know, like uh, pedigree, like, okay, so this other guy, this Romanian guy has fought opponents with something like a 17 and 46 record or 17 and 73 record, whatever. He's fought cans on the Romanian regional scene. Strong guy plus athlete. Um, I am going to give it to him simply because I think that Sakharov is a broken down fighter. Um, you know, and uh, look, I hope he gets a paycheck and invests his money wisely. Um, but I, you know, I don't know what to make and what this Romanian guy's future is, but I think he should have enough in pure athleticism to, to win this fight. So that's my pick. Uh, Otto just got me. If you saw me laughing, our friend Otto and Sat and Chad says if Safarov is 32, Joe is 21. <laughs> yeah, way to go, Otto. Thank uh, you for that, Chris. Yeah, uh, first of all, I, I can't ever think of this guy without thinking of uh, Daniel Negreanu, the poker player. Yeah, that's, that's just uh, that's just I had to put that in there because my brain kept going there. But anyway, um, all, um, I I basically agree. I I, I have to go Negreanu just because. Look, um, Savarov has been hurt badly to his legs in both of his UFC fights. Um, in the in the uh, John Vellante fight, it was close to being stopped. In the in the uh, Tyson Pedro fight, it wasn't. I mean, they moved on to other things, but it was clear the leg kicks were affecting him. I just, I, I kind of agree that he's a shot fighter. I like that he's going to come forward, and I like the fact that he pushes a fight. But the problem is that. Um, Negromanu is a, a really strong counterpuncher. He's got really heavy hands, and I could see him like trying to just bull rush into the pocket and getting hit, getting hit with a hard counter. Um, Negromanu throws leg kicks too. I could see those really being a problem. I, I I just can't take a shot. The other thing I wanted to say is um I believe Safarov came into the UFC something like nine and zero with eight finishes, something like that, but. I mean, as far as I, I, I look at him, he doesn't seem to have that much power to me. So I, I don't really know about his finishing ability in the UFC. Um, I think Negromano is going to have way more power, and um, I think he's going to get a knockout, so I'm picking him here. <laughs> I didn't get you that time. You you you, made, you stayed composed. I wrapped it up, yeah. As we move to Joe Duffy at 9,100, taking on Mark Diacase at 7,100. Duffy minus one of you. Five. The comeback on Diakese is plus 170. Uh, if anybody in chat mentions that Joe Duffy beat Conor McGregor, I'm going to find a way to boot you. Who cares? It doesn't, doesn't, doesn't mean anything anymore. I like Diakese. He's back again, back is against the wall. Three straight losses. I think he's more athletic. If this fight is in boxing range, Duffy wins. At range, Diakese wins. I also think Diakese has some better grappling and he's the better athlete. So I lean towards him. Another underdog for me. Chris, how about for you? Man, what are you trying to take up my mantle this week or what? I uh, I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna pick the favorite here. Um, there were two fighters in the UFC who I picked against every single fight. One was um, uh, what's his name, who fought uh, Dalcine the last time, Anderson Silva's buddy. Oh, who cares? What? Uh, what <laughs> I don't remember his name. What's his name? I he fought Tony remember. Ferguson. What? Lando Venata. Oh, Lando. Lando Venata was one. I had to buck that trend last time because Anderson Silva's buddy is terrible. The other is Mark Diacase. And my standard line on Mark Diacase is if you can withstand about the first two minutes of the first round, you have a really good shot at beating him because he tries to come out and blitz you with all this weird striking. And if it doesn't work, he doesn't really have anything. The reason why I was so on uh, Hakparas in that fight was because I thought Hakparas is the way better boxer. And if he could close him down, he could easily beat him. And that, that happens to be exactly what happened. Um, the, it, it's it's strange. DKZ was actually showing a jab in that fight, but it seemed like that's all he really wanted to do. He would bounce a jab off the guard, and then Hawk Perez would come with a combination, and it would just kind of go on and on like that. Um, I think I think much the same thing can happen here with Joe Duffy. I, I like him to get in boxing range, let his hands go, throw those combinations. And look, if he can, like, you know um, – fade some spinning wheel kick or something. I mean, these guys both have wrestling. I would tend to say that Duffy is the better wrestler. Um, so I, I'm not really worried on that front. I just think this is a really good matchup for Duffy. And I think he's going to be overlooked here. And I wouldn't because I've never liked Mike DKZ. I'm going to keep that streak going here. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to a dominant performance. Joe. Yeah. Um, I'm on, I'm on uh, Duffy as well. Mark DKZ. FYI, after three consecutive losses, did not do this camp at American Top Team. 
Um, he did this camp at some little local gym. Um, I don't know how to what to make of that. I mean, obviously, he's not going to have the same training partners um, as he would have at ATT. Uh, his back is up against the wall, which is what makes him worth a few shares. But, you know, Duffy, I've got to go with Duffy. He's far more technical. Um, he's got better jits, uh, better wrestling. I mean, you know, the only area that I see Diakazi having an edge is pure athleticism. Um, so I would definitely have a few shares of him, but uh, I like Duffy to to win the fight. All right, Arnold Allen, 8,700, taking on Jordan Rinaldi at 7,500. Allen, the favorite, minus 135. Rinaldi, the dog at plus 125. Guess what, Chris? I'm picking okay. another underdog. I like Jordan Rinaldi in this one. I think his grappling will be too much. Allen was in all kinds of scrambles with Maquan Imerkani. He was getting worked by Mads Burnell until he caught a submission, which if you had Newsom on Alpha, Joe, I'm sure he mentioned Mads Burnell will be back in the UFC. Um, I agree with him. um, Mads is good. That being said, I think Rinaldi has enough grappling here to get it done. On the feet, Allen will have the advantage, but you know me, striker versus grappler. I don't think Allen's anything special. Give me the grappler. I'll pick Rinaldi. Joe. But yeah, I, was, I, I will say, of all the dogs that I'm picking, I think Rinaldi probably has the lowest ceiling of them. Yeah, so I'm on Arnold Allen here. Um, you know, I cannot get behind just yet Jordan all day Rinaldi. Um, you know, beating Jason Knight in the decision is not like, does not have the cachet that I might have had a while back. Um, you know, he obviously lost to Gregor Gillespie. Um, he did actually have a six, a few successful moments striking and Gillespie just did his thing and took him down ground and pounded him out. Um, yeah, he von flu choked, uh, Alvaro Herrera, but he was a minus, uh, minus two twenty favorite there. Um, you know, a couple canceled fights lost to, um, Abel Trujillo. Um, yeah, I, I like Arnold. Arnold Allen seems to always find a way to win. It might not be pretty, but he seems to find a way to win. He's a good dude. He likes pizza. Um, you know, I'm on, you know, I, we got some plans when he comes to New York to go have pizza. Um, you know, so I am, uh, I am on Arnold Allen here. So you're biased. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not the biased guy. I'm actually not biased, uh, but I, I do, um, I do have him here. Arnold Allen. All right, Chris, are you, are you taking Rinaldi or Joe's pizza eating buddy, Arnold Allen? Yeah, I mean, I, maybe we can all have, go have a pizza party. That'll be nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking uh, Arnold Allen. I, the one, the first thing I'd say is Matt Brunell is an infinitely better boxer than uh, Jordan Rinaldi is, and that was important in that fight because he used his chance to set up those takedowns um, uh, quite well. He showed a lot of lateral movement. He was, go- he was moving in and out, and. Um, yeah, Jordan Rinaldi is just is just not gonna is just not gonna do that. Um, the reason why he was able to take down Jor, uh, Jason Knight so successfully, and the reason why I picked him in that fight is because Jason Knight doesn't care. He just rushes right in, and he just left himself wide open um, for um, for Rinaldi to hit reactive takedowns on him. I don't think that's gonna be the case here. I think um, Arnold Allen is, is way too good of a mover, way too good of a um, a keeper of distance, especially for a guy who doesn't have good the footwork of a Mads Burnell like Jordan Rinaldi doesn't. And I just expect um, I just expect Arnold Allen to really pick him apart. He's got a good solid jab. He can throw in combination. I, I just I expect him to keep range. Um, maybe hit Rinaldi with something hard at some point and change the course of the fight. A, a finish wouldn't shock me. But um, I think I'll I think I'll just lay on the side of caution and go with maybe a higher scoring decision, but the pick is um, Arnold Allen. Well, speaking of high scoring, Jack Marshman, 8,800, taking on John Phillips at 7,400. Line on this fight has also been closed up significantly. Marshman minus 140, Phillips plus 130. Look, I'm all in on John Phillips. We're damn near it in GPPs. I don't think Marshman is any kind of good. Phillips has no ground game, but he hits harder. These two guys are going to stand and trade until somebody falls. It is a GPP fight. Marshman is fighting part-time. He was telling someone, I think I heard, he, he missed weight today. All signs point to John Phillips. I like John Phillips in GPP a ton at 7,400. If he wins, he's going to be on the optimal lineup. I think he's going to be relatively chalky for what that's worth, but I'm still picking John Phillips here. Uh, Chris, you're, you're up for this fight. Yeah, I think it's me. I um, 
I, I didn't know that um, Phillips was going to be that chalky, but it seems like, and you and reading the chat, seems like he might be. I still have to pick him here just because, look, I, I, I don't I don't think much of, of Jack Marshman's striking at all. I know that he's a former professional boxer, I think is the line on him, but he hasn't really shown it in the, in, in, in the octagon. He got outstruck by Ryan James in a fight he lost. He was get, he was getting outstruck by Antonio Carlos Jr. until that fight hit the ground. Um, I I just don't see his hands as the weapon that he needs them to be. Um, he was he was um, falling short of range quite often in that Ryan James fight, which is really alarming because everybody hits Ryan James. So um, I I just I just think that um, you know the Welshman is gonna come forward. He's going to um, throw in combination. He actually counter punches really well. Um, you might not expect that from a brawler like him, but he's actually a pretty decent counter puncher. And um, look, Marshman's really tough to finish. We saw that in uh, the Carl Robertson fight. Carl Robertson landed some shots that would probably finish um, your typical fighter. I still think Phillips gets it done here. Um, chalk or not, chalk be damned. I'm going to take Phillips for the knockout. Yeah, so look, Mar Marshman's a far more technical fighter um there is you know i don't like the recent narrative um also the camp uh of phillips sbg is uh Ugh. has not had a good run in the ufc let's put that mildly um however um i hate to, i hate to be the make this unanimous um phillips does hit harder um this is a fight to target simply because it has the best inside the distance prop um although i would have a few shares of marshman you know, do not go all in on Phillips here because the great, the, you know, the white Mike Tyson is just not that good. Um, and, you know, and, and I don't know if Marshman's got a takedown in his pocket, but, um, you know, I, I, think so. I think, you know, Phillips can get taken down by his pillow. So I would be very, very cautious of going all in on Phillips. Although I do like this as a fight to target. I will have shares, of, but I will also have a few shares of Marshman, but I guess I'm going to complete the trifecta here as much as it pains me and pick the, the white Mike Tyson here to, uh, to win. So someone asked in chat of these two chalky underdogs, Phillips and Grundy, who are you going to be more overweight on for me? Grundy. It's Phillips for me. I, I think, it, I think it's Grundy just because I, I, like I said, Marshman is a tough finish. And if he doesn't get that, like who knows what kind of fight we see in the second, and third round. So I think Nat is better than Marshman. So there you go. You got, you got, Two two Grundies, one Phillips. Oh, you know what? I'm actually I say that, but I'm actually looking at my lineups, and I have a slightly higher percentage of Phillips. Oh, so well, there you go. So even though I said that, um, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Claudio Silva, eighty six hundred, taking on Danny Hot Chocolate Roberts at seventy six hundred. Claudio Silva minus one forty, Roberts plus one thirty. Silva's one of those BJJ guys who can wing bombs because he doesn't care if he gets taken down. Roberts is questionable durability. I think this fight ends up ends up on the ground. Silva will, will tear through him. I like Silva in many different areas of this fight. That's right, Chris. I'm picking a favorite here. Back to us uh, normalcy. Give me Claudio Silva. Joe. So you got a guy that does one thing extremely well against a guy that's got questionable fight IQ. So you've got the the uh, BJJ superstar, you know, with no technical boxing skills, subpar offensive wrestling. Um, against a guy who, you know, has shown he can make bad decisions, um, you know, in, in the octagon. So I guess I'm going to go with the uh, BJJ, um, you know, master here with Claudio Silva. I would suggest, though, that you have some shares of, uh, of Danny Roberts. But I, I, you know, Silva, although he doesn't fight as frequently as one might like, he, he seems to... Um, win when he does. So I'm going to take Sylvia here. Chris. Yeah, Danny Roberts really frustrates me as a fighter. He always seems to struggle against uh, on the feet against guys where he shouldn't be struggling at all. Um, I don't expect that to be the case here just because Silva's striking is 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 so next to nothing. Um, but Danny Roberts, you know, he's athletic. He's got good footwork. He throws in combination well. He's got fast hands. Um, the problem is that he doesn't he doesn't seem to shy away from the grappling. He seems to be very accepting of grappling exchanges, of wrestling exchanges. Um, I don't know why that is. I wish it wasn't the case. I still think I'm picking Roberts here just because I think that Silva, I mean, he, he, he does sometimes rush forward. 
and and try to um, throw strikes into the clinch. But I think Roberts should have enough movement to keep himself relatively safe here, um, at least until he lands a big shot. He he is a big puncher when he lands. Um, so it's close. I can def I definitely see the argument for Silva. Um, as I said, I think Roberts entertains the grapple far too often for a guy who's supposed to be a striker. But um, I think uh, my slight lean is going to go to Roberts. All right, let's go with Nathaniel Wood, 9,400, taking on Jose Teco Quinones at 6,800. Nathaniel Wood is minus 260, most expensive fighter on the card, taking on the cheapest in Quinones at plus 240. I like Wood everywhere. I think he usually Quinones' best asset is his durability and his toughness, and Nathaniel Wood is, gets in wars and is just as tough. I think Wood is more, val more volume, swings harder. I think he's got a little more grappling. I like Wood pretty much wherever this fight goes. The worry is how much does he score uh, and his ceiling, but I like Wood to win the fight. Chris? Yeah, the answer is probably Wood here. I, I like I like a little bit. I think his athleticism and and his um, and um, his ability to sort of move in and out and keep range is interesting. It, it's going to be interesting to see because um, what it, Wood is um, – a pretty a pretty um, consistent pressure fighter, and um, against Turo Ishihara, even though he even though he ultimately wins that fight, um, Ishihara hurts uh, Kinona's twice, um, backing him up, uh, knocked him down once, hurt him really badly at the end of the round once. So I have to think that happens here at some point. I mean, Kinona's can only do so much dancing. I don't really trust him to you know get control time, even if he does get takedowns in this fight. So I have to go wood here. I think, well, I was going to say stoppage, but Kinonis is, uh, as you said, durable and athletic. So I'll, I'll go by decision. Joe. Yeah. Well, I probably could have lived without the knowledge that, that Sean's wood has more volume. Um, but above and beyond that, um, it does. It, okay. I mean, that's totally accurate. That's good to know. Um, hey, Sirius XM, hit us up. Get yeah, IQ yeah. on the air. Yeah, we, yeah might, right. we might need to get your wife on to confirm that. Um, but above and beyond that, um, look, Woods, one thing that concerns me about Woods is that he has made some – he has looked bad at times, um, which concerns me. However, a um, bit of a narrative here. Teco um, Quinones did not take this camp at Alliance – where he's done camps for his last several fights. So I would have been tempted to take a stab on Quinones had he, you know, done his camp at Alliance instead of some small little camp in Mexico. Um, I do like Wood here. He's one of my higher owned guys. Um, you know, have him across the board. Um, Teco is tough, though. I don't think he's going to roll over, and Wood has looked bad at times. It would not surprise me if, um, you know, Quinones stole around. But I will take Nathan Wood here for the win. Dominic Reyes, 9,300, taking on Vulcan, no time. My time is up because I've been exposed. Ozdemir, Reyes minus 230, Ozdemir plus 210. Like everyone's saying, it's a giant step up for Reyes. It's a step up. Actually, God, I know. An all-around fighter, I, I don't care about results. I'm looking at the skill sets of fighters. To me, OSP is better than Vulcan Ozdemir, and... It's just MMA is a variance game. Ozdemir's got some good wins in there. Um, some odd knockouts. I think Reyes is the more is the better all-around fighter, more athletic. Ozdemir has a puncher's chance. To me, that's about it. Also a questionable gas tank that we saw against Anthony Smith. Questionable grappling. I think Reyes will have some grappling should he choose to go there. I like Reyes. Again, he needs the first-round finish to pay up the price tag, and he's probably not going to look to grapple, although I think he could. Regardless, Reyes is the pick. I am I am not, nor have I ever been, a Vulcan Ozdemir truther. Joe. So a bit of narrative here. Um, Ozdemir um, had some visa issues and could not do his camp in the U.S. So he did his camp at home in Switzerland, that bastion of MMA. Um, so, you know, there's a little bit of narrative for you. I'm also on Reyes here. I think his upside is, is better. Um, you know, look – he did show a few chinks in his armor against OSP. He was a very tough customer. We, we did see him get tired um, a little bit in the third round of his fight against OSP. He did come back and get the knockout, which I like. Um, 
I like Reyes here, although watch out. Ozdemir does hit hard. He could land something. I would advise having a few shares of Ozdemir in mass entry, although um, Reyes is going to be one of my higher-owned fighters. The pick is Reyes. Chris? Yeah, so, I mean, it's true that we've seen both guys get tired, but the major distinction for me here is is that Dominic Reyes kept fighting when he was tired and Ozdemir did not. And yep. to, me, to me, that's that's a, ma that's a major thing. Um, the other thing I would say is that, like, that last fight is is the most time we've seen Ozdemir in the Octagon by far, and I think what we saw is that his, his skill set just isn't that developed. I mean, he likes to pressure and throw and throw big winging shots. He can um, get get. He likes to get in the clinch, obviously, and we've seen uh, the work he can do there. But ultimately, I, I just think um, Dominic Reyes is 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 the way more. Not only is he the way more technical striker, but he's the he's the way more. Um, you know, he's got way more variety in his game. He's got way, way more uh, ways to win. I like the way he angles off to land shots. I think he can keep range with his kicking game if he has to. Um, and I think he's got enough footwork to circle out when Uzdemir tries to rush in. So I like uh, Reyes a lot here. I agree that um, the knockout may be tough. But, again, we've seen um, Uzdemir quit. So it could be a situation where, like, you know, they're landing some strikes, and then they finally get into a grappling exchange, and then um, and then Reyes wins that way. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, so yeah, the, the price is a little, might be a little prohibitive depending on you know your 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 um, tolerance for risk. But I'm taking Reyes. Good timing on that one. Okay. <laughs> um, for the, for those wondering what it's about in in chat, we start going long in an effort to keep these. You know, short, informative, and light. Uh, when when he starts going a little long, I'm yelling at him in our internal chat clock. So if in chat you guys want to start harassing me, just screaming clock. Um, appreciate. Oh it. yeah, please do that, guys. Please do that. <laughs> Get him. Leon co-main event time. Leon Edwards, 8300, taking on Gunnar Nelson, and a video that has scarred all of us forever. At oh. 7900. 7, Lena Edwards minus 135, Gunny Nelson plus 125. Look, if this fight hits the mat, I think it's curtains. Edwards needs to keep it standing, has decent wrestling, but Gunnar Nelson finds a way to get fights down, and I don't think he's that outmatched on the feet. I think Edwards is probably a little better, uses his length better, but Gunnar Nelson isn't that bad of a striker. I like Gunny to pull an upset in this one. I think eventually this fight will hit the ground, and when it does, it will spell problems for Rocky Edwards. Uh, Chris. Yeah, one of my problems uh, with Leon Edwards has always been that he's not really a consistent pressure fighter. He tends to sort of just, you know, meander around the cage and go where his opponent wants to go. And I think Gunner is going to try to apply the pressure, and I think, um, you know, that could really hurt Edwards here. But I also think that, um, you know, Gunner is not the best in terms of defense, and Edwards is a pretty sharp counter-striker. And I also think he could use his kicking game uh, relatively well. I do think uh, one of my problems with Edwards, also another one, I guess I should say, is, I mean, he's turned into way more of a grappler um, in, in recent, I, I guess, year, maybe the past year, uh, than a striker. He likes to grapple a lot. Maybe he won't choose to do so in this matchup. But if he entertains grappling, I think that obviously would be a mistake. I don't know if I could trust him to stay out of those exchanges. But um, I don't know. I, I think probably... Uh, not probably. I think uh, Edwards is probably the more put together striker here. Um, I, this is a tough one for me because I can I can see um, I can see Gunny just sort of you know using that pressure and and wearing on it for three rounds with the striking. But I can also see Edwards landing a hard counter at some point. Um, you know that Ponte Nibio uh, fight hasn't escaped me. So um, I think I think I'm gonna take Edwards here by a slim margin just because. I, I think I, I think I just favor the more put together striking game and I think I favor the counter striking of um, of Edwards but close fight Joe yeah so th this fight should be the main event um, Edwards is actually the best welterweight in the UK I have no doubt about that um, I love both these fighters I like what they bring to the table um, I I also have a lean to Edwards here I've always been a big Edwards supporter he hasn't always fought you know, super sexy fights, um, but I like him here. I'm going to lean Edwards, although I would advise having, um, you know, some exposure, obviously, to to Gunny here because if he wins, he will earn salary. That's not a guarantee. 
um, on Edwards' part, although I think in likelihood he will. Um, but the pick is Edwards. All right, let's talk about the main event. And, of course, we all know the best welterweight from the U.K. I'm just kidding, Joe. Darren Till, 9,200, taking on Masvidal at 7,000. Till is minus 220. Comeback on Masvidal is plus 200. I am getting the feeling Masvidal is going to be super, super chalky. Uh, doesn't doesn't score great to me. I think he's a methodical striker. I think Till's pressure could present an issue here, although I was surprised that Till wasn't that much bigger than Masvidal. I thought the size advantage would be more pronounced. I think this is a spot where I'm probably going to be underweight to the field to both these guys. I might, I'm, I will have more Darren Till because I think people will be off of him at minus 220. I think his path to victory is the pressure and a quick knockout. I know he hasn't done it. We've seen him get tired before. I just think I just think his pressure is going to be a bit much. You're going to have a problem investing too much in an old man like Masvidal. Um, like him, I just – this is chalk I want to avoid, whereas with with Grundy and Phillips, I'm going to eat that chalk. So it's not that I, I hate the play. It's a close fight. I do think the fight is lined too wide, but I'm picking Darren Till uh, to win, and I think he's got sneaky upside here. Uh, Joe? I have the same amount of exposure on DraftKings to Till – as I do to Cochera and Canonas. <laughs> um, so I, if you think you're going to be under market to tell, I'm going to be way under market. No, no, tell. I'm going to be under to Masvidal. Okay, so I, I'm going to over on Till. I'm going to actually pick Masvidal to win that fight. This fight, um, I, you know, the size advantage was a myth. Um, I think he's got more experience. He's more technical. The one area that I would have been almost willing to concede to Till is, you know, um, brute force. Um, and I, I, you know, I don't know that he actually has that size advantage. I don't know that he's going to look that way in the <laughs> ring. I, I see Masvidal as better everywhere. He can certainly be better on the ground. <clears throat> um, you know, and that might be an interesting, you know, approach for him to take if he just can, can get his, you know, get his striking out of his head. Um, if he was to try to take Till down, I think he'll take him down easily. I don't see it necessarily see it happening, but I, I love the value on Masvidal at 7K. I like him in cash. This would be a horrible fight to stack for people who, who, who look at look to stack main events because they're five rounds. Um, you know, Till could win a five round decision and and you know not break seventy points. So um, you know, I think Till is a very risky play at his price. I have very low exposure to him. I'm going with the dog to win the fight. Give me game bread. Give me game bread. Give me game bread. What what is he, Candyman? What just happened, <laughs> Joe? What are you thinking? Game bread, <laughs> Chris. Right. Is it me? Yeah, yeah. It's you, dude. It's all you. What, what, I was it, waiting it, for my it, intro. Jeez. Is Game Bread behind you? Yeah, Game Bread. Uh, is it in your house? In my house? Yeah, that's right. We we have similar hairstyles now. No, I um. <laughs> Everyone, I am, you seem to have washed your hair. It looks like I guess. I, I wash my hair all the time. When it's this long, you have to take good care of it. Otherwise, you know, it just gets. But anyway, right um, I, nice shaved head is is is. That's right. Yeah, no, I should do that. Summer's coming up too, so we'll see. But um, all right, sorry, Masvidal I'll tell. That's right. Uh, yeah, we'll talk hair care later. But anyway, um, <laughs> no, we won't. No, we won't. But yeah, uh, Otto in chat asks. Um, let's see, where is the question? It was, oh yeah, uh, are you fading the main event entirely, or is that I'm fading the main event entirely? Um, I wouldn't, but that's because I like uh, Jorge Masvidal. I think that, um, and I, I just, you know. Like, I guess Till could knock him out or whatever, but who knocks out Jorge Masvidal? Everybody who beats this dude sneaks by him. And yep. uh, I think that um, it, the the problem with me for Darren Till is just volume. It's always just volume. I mean, he's basically – well, he what he wants to be is like a pressure counter-striker. He ends up being like a pot shotter because he can't really counter-strike that well. But um, – I just think that, to Joe's point, Masvidal is, is better pretty much everywhere. He's got a really nice stiff jab. He throws in combination. He can wrestle a little bit. Um, I just, I, I think he's, I think he's better everywhere. I think for seventy one hundred, it's almost a steal here. I think that, um, you know, I, I'll admit I, I was kind of one that kind of got caught up in the Darren Till hype. I um, watched him a little more closely. Realized there were some things I didn't like. Um, and I think that, um, the one thing that, that concerns me here is the, we don't really know what kind of Masvidal we're going to get. Sometimes we get the pressuring Masvidal. Sometimes we get the Masvidal who hangs back and, and sort of, 
and Torreira doesn't take the initiative. If, if we get initiative, Masvidal, I think that he can mop the floor with Darren Till. If he can apply consistent pressure, um, even if he doesn't, I like him to win. But if he does, I don't think he's going to be that close. So, yeah, I'm taking uh, Masvidal in, in, a, in a landslide. Effect. All right. Uh, it's time for hot takes. And it, it just dawned on me that it was time for hot takes. No, thank so, you. do you guys have any hot takes queued up for UFC London? I do. Um, Hit us. Masvidal, who actually – Believe it or not, has a Darce choke against uh, Michael Chiesa. Um, I have. I'm going to go uh, Masvidal by submission plus six seventy four. Yeah, not bad. Oof. You've been hitting those too, so yeah. that's a big one. Chris, how about for you? Yeah, um, I'm going to go ahead and go. I was going to go one, but I saw Otto had it, and they and they were all giving me crap the last time I went with um, one that was in chat. So I'll take a fresh one. I'm going to say uh, Danny Roberts knocks out. Uh, Claudio Silva for his first proper loss. He has a DQ loss. This will be his first proper loss in MMA. Yeah, that would um, that would hurt quite a bit for me personally. <laughs> um, uh, hot take, hot take. Zelda would say hot takes and hot cakes. I'm trying to pick a good one. Let's say one, two. Hang on, count them up. Ah, uh, that's right. I'm not pick. I'm not picking Leon. I'm not picking. Leon Edwards. I was going to try and say something about the um, the Brits on this card. Let's just go. I'll say Tom Breeze is going to win by first round KO. Wow. Okay, we have. Um, hot Andre, I got I, I got I got to pick one of these hot takes in chat. We're doing a a viewer hot take. I want to see anybody got one who's not Auto. I mean, I love you, Auto, but we've done yours. Yeah, we got a couple more down here. Two weeks. So we got. Um, I don't see any. Oh, yeah. So we'll go with Will. This is a pretty popular one, but I do like it. GPP winner leaves 2000 on the table. Wow. A lot of live underdogs with big upside. So that's the viewer hot take. Guys, I'm proud of us. Under an I hour. Think yeah. I, think it was, I think it was relatively entertaining. I hope you guys agree in chat. Make sure you go to rotowire.com slash free 10-day free trial to all their premium content. No credit card. No credit card required. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Yep. Next, on next week is Nashville, guys. Yep. UFC Nashville is next week. Make sure you're following all of us on Twitter. Joe is at Sun Tzu. Chris is at Real Chris Olsen. I am at the DF Sniper. And we will see you next week for UFC Nashville, where we will have more hot takes on tap, probably a little quicker that time. And hopefully one of us is going to take home this. I think it's 25,000 this week, correct? Yep. 25. So, Hopefully one of the viewers takes down 25,000 and we will roll on to UFC Nashville. Got it.